coming up on this week's episode of the Hogbeat Hour. Hutch is back. We're going to be talking through the coaching search that just wrapped up. We'll talk about Sam Pittman and his introduction with Hunter Juracek. Uh, Chad Morris to Auburn. Jeff Trailer to UTSA. We've got a new offensive line coach, and we'll be talking through a bunch of offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator candidates, plus a ton of recruiting activity. Let's do it. I'm Nikki Chavanel from Hogbeat.com, and I'm here with Andrew Hutchinson, also from Hogbeat.com. Um, right now, you guys can get an awesome deal until the end of the year. It is 25% off a $100 annual subscription to Hogbeat. We will send you $75 back to spend on Nike gear, so you can get Arkansas gear or any other type of Nike stuff. It's really nice, usually really expensive, so $75 will get you some nice stuff. Uh, and all your Razorback coverage will give you football, basketball, baseball, and all the recruiting coverage you could possibly want, along with a message board that just <laughs> kills us every single day. Um, Hutch, what's it like being kind of almost back in the groove after the baby? Well, this feels great to be back. Uh, this is a whole lot better than changing poopy diapers. Uh, so I, I, am, I am thankful to be here and talk in Arkansas sports. Uh, I'm still still somewhat getting used to the sleep schedule. Uh, it's it's tough, uh, but uh, we're we're my wife and I are, are getting the hang of it. <laughs> uh, what's been I don't know the biggest adjustment that you've had to make to your whole life? Well, first of all, uh, I I didn't I didn't know this until about a couple weeks before the baby came. But babies eat like every two to three hours, even overnight. So adjusting the whole sleeping thing because I'm the kind of person I usually I sleep really hard for like six hours at least seven hours I don't need to get a full eight hours to function but the whole breaking it up every two to three hours just has been pretty pretty rough uh, and then also just every waking moment you have to be ready to do something take care of the baby so it's, it's really hard to to focus on work stuff while also taking care of, of her so it's, but it's been fun. I've, I've had a blast. Have you been able to, like, I don't know, put her down and, like, not worry about her? No, you're always worried about her. <laughs> Even whenever she's laying down and sleeping, you're always checking. You'll make, oh, is she still breathing? <laughs> okay, good. Okay, we're, we're, we're good. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm sure it'll get better, but three weeks in, yeah, you're still constantly checking her. Do you have, like, a nanny cam that you can pull up on your computer in the corner while you're typing stories? Do you, think she's, do, you ever think, do you think she's honestly out of eye, eyesight? <laughs> I mean, we literally have not left. She's not sleeping in her crib yet. We have a little bassinet thing where she sleeps uh, by our bed. And, and whenever we're working, we've got her sitting in that or a bouncer or something like that. So she's always within you know, eyesight of either me or my wife. <laughs> well, that sounds like the life. Uh, unlike what I've been up to for the past four weeks, I'm just kidding about the life. I'm talking about the baby. I would love to just sit around and bounce around and sleep. Anyways, um, the coaching search, what was it like for you kind of following just as much as you could while handling all that? Yeah, it was It was interesting. It, it was uh, one of those things where you're like, for the first few weeks, it was kind of like, oh, nothing. I'm not really putting too much stock in anything because yeah. these coaches are still coaching their teams. 
who the heck knows? Really, the it started heating up leading up to the the championship weekends, and that was kind of interesting to see all the the rumors going. You know, John Neighbors, friend of uh, friend of Hogbeat, uh, tracking the planes. That was entertaining to watch. Uh, it it was it was very very interesting. It was weird not being plugged into it like it was a couple of years ago with Chad Morris, uh, but it was it was fascinating to watch from kind of a distance a lot of people maybe want to say oh Arkansas is interested Lane Kiffin wasn't really real but listen to what he had to say yesterday when someone asked him about the other options he had how many opportunities did you have was the Arkansas offer was that real well I can't I'm not going to get into the specific ones Dan you know I respect those places but there were other definite options um you know, but, you know, this ended up, uh, you know, looking at the roster, a lot of great young players. And, you know, I was at Alabama for three years, and we lost two regular season games. and Both were to Ole Miss, so I got to see, you know, what the place looked like, you know, when it was rolling. So the reasons he took the job were kind of what I said would be why he would pick Ole Miss over Arkansas. The roster just looks a little bit more promising at this point. It seems like there's less work to do, and if you're Lane Kiffin, why not go get paid more money at Ole Miss with, you know, kind of a better outlook than there is at Arkansas right now? I feel like the rebuild there is perhaps if you do it the right way, a shorter rebuild than here at Arkansas. Um, do you think he would have been a good fit here? I don't – I think he would have done well. I think he's a good coach. I, I think pe- some people lose their minds about him, but it's always because of – off the field stuff, the immaturity side of things. I don't think anyone's denied the fact that he he can coach football. Uh, he had a winning record his first year at Tennessee, which ended up being his only year at Tennessee. He won games at USC, uh, just didn't win at the rate they like. He even had a 10-win season when they had a bunch of sanctions. And he won two conference championships in three years at FAU, which before he got there was not good at all. So uh, I think he can coach football. Uh, I think he would have won, and I think when he started winning, people would get on board and be super excited about it. But I think there were a lot of reservations about the immaturity side of things. So between Lane Kiffin getting hired at Ole Miss, Mike Norvell taking the Florida State job, it seemed like it was kind of um, Missouri and Arkansas for Eli Drinkwitz. And turns out, Arkansas was talking to Sam Pittman the whole time, uh, and they went for Pittman, the former Arkansas offensive line coach and former Georgia associate head coach and offensive line coach instead. And I thought that was a pretty smart move if you're Arkansas, because once you saw how much they paid Drinkwitz, I think it's $4 million a year. Arkansas is only paying Sam Pittman three, $3, million. $3 million. So you're saving yourself money, and in my opinion, there's maybe less risk with Pittman than with Drinkwitz just because he's he's only had one year as a head coach and it was at a lower level of football than here at Arkansas and we don't know how he would recruit and we need to know how the head coach is going to be able to recruit here in my opinion. Yeah I think the ceiling with Drinkwitz is probably higher. Uh, obviously I, well, full disclosure I'm totally biased when it comes to talking about Drinkwitz. Uh, he was a assistant coach at Springdale High School whenever I was there playing as, as a sophomore and 
I'm a personally a huge fan of Drinkwitz. However, I do understand the risks that you're talking about. Only one year as a head coach, he was a offensive coordinator at North Carolina State, which gave him some Power Five experience. But NC State recruiting is nothing like what it needs to be at a place like Arkansas in the SEC. Totally different animal. So I totally understand uh, the concerns there. I hope Drinkwitz does well at Missouri. Uh, people may get mad at me for saying that, but he's he's a good dude. Just not any time during the battle line. Exactly. Rivalry. You hope exactly. he falls flat on his face, of uh-huh. course. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But Sam Pittman, on the other hand, I think his floor is a lot higher because I think we know what we're going to get out of him. We're going to get solid play out of the lines, especially offensive line, which is an area that has really been an area of concern for Arkansas since he left the first time around. So. I think he's he's capable of stabilizing the program in a way that Drinkwitz, sure, he might be able to stabilize the program and take it to new heights and maybe win, you know, conference championship or whatever. Whereas Pittman, I don't I don't see him winning the SEC while he's here. He's a little bit older. Uh, who knows how long he's going to do this thing. But I see him stabilizing the program, getting it back to a respectable level, and then maybe the next coach, whoever that may be, be the splashy hire that could maybe take Arkansas to new new heights. I saw a bunch of lists, and out of the three SEC hires, I believe I saw that uh, Pittman was third on a bunch of people's lists. And I really just don't think that you can definitively say that. I think there's too much risk and too much uncertainty, especially with Pittman, because we have we still don't know who his coordinators are. Really, anything could happen here, and that's pretty exciting if you're an Arkansas fan. Uh, I've noticed, as you have, all of our stories are getting tremendous clicks because everyone is very excited about this program. Everyone wants to know who he's after in recruiting uh, because once Chad Morris left, it looked very, very bleak. You had like uh, seven or eight decommitments, and it was most of your better players minus the in-state guys, so that was disappointing, but... The excitement is back. Uh, A lot of people are ready to see what he can do in terms of getting some offensive linemen in here that are elite. Uh, What did you think of his introductory press conference and just how he presented himself and how his passion came through? It was was an interesting press conference. You know, what I remember from talking to Sam Pittman whenever he was the offensive line coach here uh, 2013 to 2015 he was a very well-spoken kind of guy. I always enjoyed talking to him. Uh, during the introduction, he was a little bit, it, it almost seemed like he was nervous. Yeah. But that said, you could see the passion coming through when he got choked up and was trying to, to fight back tears. That's a guy that truly, truly loves Arkansas. And I, I didn't know all of his connections to Arkansas. I knew he grew up not far from here in Grove, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, uh, I think it's like a hour drive from here or less something like that and he he attended football camps here at Arkansas when Lou Holtz was the coach and he was in high school he always cheered for the Razorbacks growing up you know when a lot of his friends were cheering for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State he was all Arkansas Uh, he was happy about the the 78 Orange Bowl when Arkansas upset OU so he truly cares and loves this program which is something Hunter Yurchek said was the main reason he wanted to hire Sam Pittman so it, I, I, that, that was probably the biggest takeaway, just how passionate he was about Arkansas. And that's something, you know, good to see uh, because everyone talks about, oh, you need an Arkansas guy, Arkansas guy, whatever. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have ties to the state other than his previous stint with the Razorbacks, but he truly does love the Razorbacks. 
Yeah, I thought he was, you know, a little quiet, a little nervous. It's just so much different when you go from being an offensive line coach. You talk to the media maybe a few times a year at best. You don't have to do any kind of um, round-the-country trips to see all your boosters and stuff like that. But um, you could definitely see the passion and – Hunter Yerchek said that one of the biggest things was he, he talked to a lot of people about him and he just touched so many lives in the state of Arkansas. And I thought the testimonials from all the former players on Twitter was just really huge. And I think it's going to go a long way to get the current players to buy in to what he's going to be selling here at Arkansas. All right, so Sam Pittman choosing to come to Arkansas, that's a no-brainer, right? Like, there's there's no reason for him not to do it. He has a great career at Georgia, right? But he's never been a head coach before except at the JUCO level. Uh, were there any real drawbacks for him for him to take this job? You know, it's it's a risk, I guess, because it is a such a challenging job. Uh, but again, even if he fails, if he bombs out in three years or less – he'll still be able to find somewhere that will take him as an offensive line coach and probably pay him pretty nice, and he'll bring in four- and five-star recruits and have a lot of success as an offensive line coach. So there's a tad bit of risk, but, I mean, as you said, I think it's a no-brainer for him. Well, he said he wanted to retire in Arkansas. He and his wife said that. Um, Listen to what his wife's or what his wife apparently told him after they moved to Athens, Georgia, in 2015. Well, I went from the doghouse to the penthouse pretty fast. Um, you know, Jamie's from Pittsburgh, Kansas, and we did not get a divorce when we left Arkansas for a year, but... She did not talk to me for a year when I was in Athens. She just loved Arkansas. She was like me. Um, and uh, when the opportunity came to come back, she was ecstatic, and she's still that way, and honestly, so am I. That's some serious Arkansas love right there. I mean, it doesn't get more real than that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much Sam Pittman's even at home during the season, but uh sounds like they really love Arkansas. They have a home being built I believe somewhere on a lake here in Arkansas I don't want to be like the the cynical person but what if things go badly and then he can't retire here people will get pretty uh well I guess it depends how it goes down but uh could go badly I mean yeah but I think even if it does go badly people will remember him fondly just because of how much he truly loved Arkansas uh you know I think one of the biggest things with with Chad Morris, and I hate to criticize him for this because I, I get it and it makes sense, but his family never moved up here with him. It always seemed like they had one foot in Texas. And that I understand it because Chandler was you know playing football there. He was a, in high school. I would hate to have to up, be uprooted in high school. Uh, that sucks for the kids. Uh, but still, I think it was a, a signal to – you know, Arkansas fans like, hey, we're not truly all in. You know, compare that to Eric Musselman and how much his family and his daughter is bought into Arkansas and, and in the community and stuff. And I think Sam Pittman's going to be similar to that, and that he's he is all in in this community. And, and this is this is home for him because, as I said, I mean, you know, he grew up an hour away in Oklahoma. So 
Uh, I think that he'll he'll be remembered fondly, even if he doesn't get things turned around. Yeah, you already talked about it, but someone who Arkansas fans are not going to remember too fondly, but they will have to think about him quite a lot in the future. Uh, Chad Morris is now at Auburn. He has become Gus Malzahn's new offensive coordinator. On one hand, could be a bad couple years for Arkansas in Auburn games. I mean, that... Chad Morris's offenses have typically done well when he's an offensive coordinator, not a head coach, or at SMU was fine, but obviously not at Arkansas, um, so they'll have to deal with that. But on the other hand, Arkansas might get to save some money, or they will get to save some money. We just don't know how much yet. Uh, talk about what you think of that situation and how Auburn might handle that. Well, it made total sense for Chad to go to Auburn. He's very good friends with Gus Malzahn. That's something that we talked about quite a bit during Chad's two years here. Uh, so when that job came open, I think everyone in unison thought, oh, Chad Morris's job to lose. And sure enough, he ended up there. I- I'm anxious to see how much he's going to get paid at Auburn uh, as the offensive coordinator. Their last three offensive coordinators were paid five hundred, six hundred, and $700,000. Uh, Chad Morris, he's a little bit different than those coordinators because all those coordinators uh, were truly just you know coordinators or they come up through the ranks as position coaches. Chad Morris is a former head coach. He's more along the lines of a Rich Rodriguez at Ole Miss, uh, something like that, or uh, even Derek Dooley was at uh, Missouri. I'm, so maybe he gets a little bit more than that. You know, at Clemson, he was the highest paid assistant coach in college football. I think he was making over a million dollars, $1.2 million, something like that. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see how much he gets paid because his contract at Arkansas requires him to be paid market value for his position. He can't say, oh, I'm going to work for $100,000 because, oh, Arkansas is paying me this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you know X million dollars uh, from Arkansas anyways. Uh, that's something that John Chavis was able to do his first year at Arkansas because Texas A&M was paying him quite a bit of a buyout, and I guess he didn't have the same requirements as as Chad Morris had in his contract. So it'll be something interesting to watch until the uh, the contract comes out. And uh, but regardless, as you said, Arkansas is going to save some money, and I think that's always a a good thing. Speaking of saving money, Arkansas won't have to pay a few coaches or assistant coaches some buyouts, right? Like I don't know how much they were, but. Jeff Trailer finally gets a head coaching job in Texas like he's always wanted. Uh, it's a great hire for UTSA. He'll be able to recruit all over Texas, and that's really the lifeblood of those smaller Texas programs. You just have to be able to find all the, all the guys that don't get swept up by Texas and A&M and SMU even. Um, also going with him, Coach Lunny. So... From what we understood when Sam Pittman said, I don't know, maybe ask Lunny about that on Monday, it sounded like he had given him the option to stay on here at Arkansas. We don't know in what kind of role, but Lunny decided to take the next step in his career and become offensive coordinator under Jeff Trailer at UTSA. What do you think of that move? I think it made sense for Lunny because he probably wasn't going to – well, one, he had interviewed for the head coaching job here, uh, didn't get it. Uh, he probably was hoping to get an offensive coordinator position at Arkansas, but whenever you bring in an inexperienced head coach like Sam Pittman, you really need an experienced coordinator or even a former head coach uh, as your coordinator, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but so Lunny, he's got, probably got ambitions of being a head coach someday or something, so you, you, the next logical step is becoming an offensive coordinator. 
seems to be a good situation at UTSA, you know, working under Trailer, uh, who has obviously head coaching experience at the high school level in Texas. Uh, so maybe maybe he can have some success there, and maybe 10, 12, 11 years down the line, he comes back to Arkansas either as a coordinator or even a, a head coach. Who knows? The man's maybe like 50, and he has a stadium named after him in East Texas. So very popular guy down there. He also took Daniel DePrado with him. He was the special teams analyst uh, that Coach Morris hired from Colorado last year, I believe. Um can't really judge him, but he's obviously not going to stay here. Sam Pittman's going to bring in his own guy, so he's gone. Um, Julian Griffin, who was a defensive analyst here, who worked with Jeff Trailer as a GA before at SMU, he is now Jeff Trailer's running backs coach. And Jess Lepp, who was safeties coach at SMU, went to the high school ranks in Texas after. Chad Morris went to Arkansas, didn't go with him. He followed up here this past season as an analyst, and he is now the safeties coach at UTSA. So lots of guys went over there. Uh, One guy that I know was offered to also go, Justin Stepp. He has stayed here at Arkansas. We don't know if he's going to be officially retained yet, but he's been out recruiting with the staff, uh, and he's talked to Pittman about it. I am under the impression that they have to wait until the offensive coordinator is decided upon to make sure that the offensive coordinator just doesn't hate him or something, and I can't imagine that happening. He's such a good recruiter and pretty good guy, and he has a couple guys in the NFL as well. Um, what's your opinion on Step? just from watching him? I know that you might have a different view of him just because you don't look in recruiting as much. Well, I mean, I think it's hard to ignore the recruiting aspect. I mean, look at all the wide receivers. They brought in four four four-star guys. Uh, Obviously, he had some help with those guys, but he still was a big, big part of that. So, uh, Steph was one of the guys I thought may be retained. I mean, Trailer was a guy I thought. Obviously, he he would have had an opportunity, but decided to become a head coach. Can't fault him for that. Lunny, as we said, wanting to go be an offensive coordinator. I thought they would retain him, possibly. Uh, And then the other one I thought they might retain, in addition to Steph, uh, was Caldwell just because he's had several stints here in the past uh, and seems to be a, a good recruiter plus a good teacher of defensive linemen. Uh, he's also apparently been out on the recruiting trail with Sam Pittman. Uh, so those two guys I, I think would be it would be good if Arkansas retained them but who knows maybe they can find somebody else better because Sam Pittman did say he had four or five hundred texts from from right. coaches around the country wanting to come join them uh, here in Fayetteville. Uh, And another of the assistants that's still here and recruiting is Coach Cooper. And I don't know, we, the safeties, I'd say they were a little bit better than the corners, but still Joe Fouché was kind of a big liability. Cam Curl was pretty solid. Um, He's got great ties in Louisiana, so you might want to hold on to him for recruiting. I think it just depends on what your other candidates look like. And he's a former head coach, so that helps yeah. whenever you've got a guy like Pittman, as I said, the first-time head coach. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the offensive-defensive coordinator stuff is still all up in the air. We think we might have a pretty good idea of who the defensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, Barry Odom just fired at Missouri. Great defenses. Um, he followed Blaine Toll on Twitter and Jacoby Criswell. He was probably going to follow more before we – called him out on it we all we all recognized it right away 
Uh, so it seems like he could be coming over here. What do you think of that hire? I think that would be a fantastic hire. He's a former head coach. Again, helped Pittman out. Uh, he is a very good defensive-minded guy. He had really good defenses at Missouri, good defense, I believe, at Memphis before that. Uh, by coming to Arkansas, he would get an opportunity to stick it to Missouri in the battle line rivalry, uh, kind of help actually make that into a rivalry possibly, uh, because he he honestly had pretty decent success at Missouri. I was a little surprised when they decided to fire him. So, And he's a Missouri guy, and he played at Missouri. So I, I think it would be a very good hire. Uh, it would be a step in the right direction uh, you know Chavis had his time he was at one point considered one of the top defense coordinators in the country but it seemed that he kind of started slipping both at Texas A&M and even more so at Arkansas bottoming out in the the worst defense in school history so I think it would be a, a good hire but don't expect him to come in and perform miracles it's it's going to take some time for him to turn around the defense. Um, offensive coordinator seems still very murky. We, we're not really sure. We have a hot board up on hogbeat.com. You can go check out. But who are the favorite coordinators that you listed at, for, for that group? Personally, I would love for them to go out and get Rhett Lashley. I'm sure you probably <laughs> – I don't know. You'd probably be torn about it because it would take away from your SMU Mustangs. It, but this is like more of my day-to-day life. It's true. That's true. <laughs> but he would be great because he's an Arkansas kid. He is. Fix that. He is from Springdale. Uh, he uh, came up under the Gus Malzahn tree, which I know Arkansas fans are a little bit uh, hesitant when it comes to that. But he is also a, a bright, offensive-minded guy. He's been out of the Malzahn tree the last few years. He went uh, to UConn for a year. Didn't have a lot of success, but that's UConn. No one has a lot of success there. And then now he's been at SMU, and they have a top-10 offense this year. I think he would be kind of the guy they're looking for. But they may decide they need to go a guy that has head coaching experience, maybe a major Applewhite or uh, you know another name that came up recently is Chip Long. He doesn't have head coaching experience, but he's got Arkansas ties as a former GA here. Uh, so there's a lot of possibilities. I think we've got – I don't know, seven names on the hot board right now, and all of them, none of them would really truly surprise me if he came here, uh, except for maybe Bobby Petrino. We have him on there just because, well, it's Bobby Petrino. Because people are going to talk about him. Oh, yeah, it, people so. are going to talk about him, but I, I would probably, I would be stunned if he came here as the offensive coordinator. Shocked. But uh, if, if any of the other guys, yeah, if any of the other guys <laughs> come here, uh, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. Um, the only guy that we have a contract for so far is Brad Davis, the former Florida and Missouri offensive line coach. I mean, he's been at a lot of places. He was a GA. Um, well, first he played at Oklahoma, and then he was a GA under Sam Pittman at North Carolina. Worked his way up. Was it James Madison, East Carolina, I think, and then finally broke his way into the SEC Unfortunately, he was with Jim McElwain his final year at Florida, so he didn't get much time there. And then he was able to turn around the offensive line in terms of pass blocking, but the their run game was still not very good, and then their offense just in general was not very good. So when Barry Odom got fired, he was naturally also let go. So Sam Pittman picked him up from Missouri, and I, I think that's a pretty great hire but he is getting paid more here than he was at Missouri. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little 
unsure of that hire. It seems like, based on conversations with you and like what some of our rivals analysts have said, is that he's a good recruiter. Uh, so I can't speak on that, but people, I mean, Missouri fans were in my mentions going, oh, good, take him. Like, we don't want him. Like, he was terrible. Our offensive line was like turnstiles, guys just going through that offensive line. And so I'm, I'm a little hesitant. But have they seen the Arkansas offensive line? That's true. <laughs> and, I, and, I mean, my response to – I even responded to one of the fans going, you, know, you also got to remember Sam Pittman is the head coach, arguably the best offensive line coach in the country. So I, I'm anxious to see how much – maybe Davis and Pittman work together when it comes to the day-to-day coaching of offensive line because Pittman why why not coach the offensive line because that's your that's your bread and butter that's why you're here where you are so I'm anxious to see that's something I'm going to ask Sam Pittman the next time we get to talk to him in a press conference is how he's going to balance that out well so I imagine that he's a pretty good coach but Missouri doesn't get very good recruits but if you get Sam Pittman who can recruit incredibly well and also coach a little bit, tie that together. I'm not sure you need to increase his pay by what, like seven percent or something like that. Yeah, like, it, I yeah, don't know it why from, that was really necessary, but you got five million dollars to work with. I, yeah, he I went from five ten to five fifty. That's a pretty sizable jump. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting whenever you are only working with five million for ten assistants. That's an average of half a million per guy. And you're already above average for a guy like Brad Davis. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And we'll see how strictly they stick to that $5 million limit that Hunter Yurchek said. Maybe they stretch it and maybe they go five and a half. Who knows? When we come up, we're going to talk about recruiting. And there's a lot of it going on right now, including some official visitors checking in this weekend. All right, so the early national signing period is less than a week away. Arkansas only has six commits. Uh, Sam Pittman has reached out to all of them so far and has made sure that they know that their scholarship is still um, there for them, essentially. So there's Catrell Wallace, um, Jashad Stewart, We've got Blaine Toll, Mike Harris out in Alabama, Drew Francis, and Tyrese Edwards both at Knoxville West. Um, all those guys are on the defensive side of the ball. So a lot of the attention has now moved to offensive linemen, Jacoby Criswell naturally, uh, and some wide receivers. They saw um, Corey Wren, who is a very speedy little – they qualify him as an athlete because I think he could – play on either side of the ball but they're looking at him for wide receiver he's from Louisiana Um, they saw Savion Williams from East Texas at home last night and they have reached out to um, a bunch of offensive linemen and this weekend they'll host Ray Curry and Marcus Henderson both from Tennessee um, both from Memphis high schools Uh, Ray Curry is currently still committed to Missouri so he was one of Brad Davis's guys and Marcus Henderson received, or he gave Missouri one of his official visits in November, so right before Barry Odom was let go. So his and Brad Davis's relationship is, is pretty good. I like both of those guys. Chad Morris offered them back in the day, so uh, definitely SEC quality offensive linemen, but not too highly rated. But Sam Pittman has worked with guys like that. What was the stat for... 
the uh, the difference in offensive linemen since Pittman left? Well, under Pittman, I think he they averaged like a 5.75, which is a, a high three-star. Uh, but then since they left, it was like an average of 5.5, which is a low three-star. So really, Pittman, Pittman has brought in some highly talented guys. I mean, he, he only brought in all of his recruits at Arkansas were a 5.7 or above, except for one who was a 5.6. You may have heard of him, Sebastian Tertola, who ended up being the best offensive lineman in the SEC his last year at Arkansas. He was a JUCO guy. So I'm really anxious to see, and I think the guys you mentioned, Curry and Henderson, are, are quality players. But I'm also anxious to see if he can maybe bring in – uh, some of those highly touted guys, maybe even flip one of the guys, uh, Lindbergh maybe at yeah, Georgia. Yeah. So that'll be. I'm I'm really kind of anxious to see what he can do with the the high quality offensive lineman. I just think it's going to be very tough for him to convince someone who, you know, had their mindset on they're going to a top ten team, right, and then deciding to go play for a team that's gone two and ten in back to back years. You're, it, it's kind of a totally different mindset. Like you have to really think about if you want to be with a rebuilding team and maybe Sam Pittman can convince them to do that but it it takes a very special type of kid to be like I'm going to come in and I'm going to help change this program versus I'm going to come in and I'm going to go win a national championship yeah I mean uh, <laughs> you also I mean you also got to think too I remember when Sam Pittman first came to Arkansas in 2013 he was able to get Denver Kirkland a four-star guy out of I think Miami and uh, Dan Skipper from Colorado, a high three-star that had a bajillion offers, and both of those guys came in. They were they were starters, I think, four or five games into their freshman season. So maybe maybe you can sell the early playing time possibility. I mean, they do have some guys returning on the offensive line, but maybe they can get somebody better. Who knows? Arkansas will also try to flip Miles Slusher, who is a four or maybe he's a three-star now. No. He's probably still a four-star. Um, <laughs> committed to Oregon. People joke that he's going to get the old Arkansas drop, <laughs> but probably not. Um, he's a four-star Oklahoma cornerback slash safety, committed to Oregon. He uh, got or will get an in-home visit tonight, Thursday night, and he is best friends with J.J. Hester, who is another Oklahoma prospect. He's a wide receiver, and they'll visit him at school today on Thursday. So they're hitting Oklahoma schools. They'll also go see Isaiah Jacobs, who is Josh Jacobs' uh, younger brother at Owasso High School. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Owasso? Nailed it. Um, as for Jacoby Criswell, he is still planning on going hit on his official visit to UNC this weekend. I have a feeling that's just a formality out of respect for all the time and effort that they put into recruiting him. But if you think about it, um, North Carolina has a a starter, really, a true freshman in Sam Howell who just played pretty well. And Arkansas, while K.J. Jefferson showed some flashes, there's no guarantee that he'll he'll start next year. And depending on the defensive coordinator, who knows – or offensive coordinator, who knows what kind of style they're going to play and what they need. And KJ and Jacoby are not really the same player. I think Jacoby is more accurate of a thrower than KJ is. Uh, but they've been very, very active. They've been in like five different states so far. Very impressive. Um, having Step and Cooper with them out recruiting has helped a lot. And Steve Caldwell, especially for the in-state kids since 
Barry Lunny's gone, who's usually the lead recruiter on those guys. Having Steve Caldwell and a familiar face must be pretty nice for them. Um, one guy that is off the board is Mason Mangum, who I know that they were still talking to um, since Pittman came here, but he took an official visit to Cal, loved it. So he's, he's going to California. Sounds nice. Um, <laughs> but there are just six days left until early national signing period. You're, you're not really forced to rush on most of these guys, but the in-state kids, all three of them, had said they're going to sign early, so that is very good news for Arkansas. You want to get those guys lo- locked in. Jacoby Criswell has a very hard choice because he wants to enroll early, but making this decision and making the right decision is probably – more important than enrolling early at this point. You've been in the state of Arkansas. You hear what everyone says. You think he's Arkansas-bound, right? Yeah, I mean, you also got to remember his brother is Drake Greenlaw, who yeah. came to Arkansas and loves Arkansas, uh, despite him saying Arkansas on Sunday Night Football <laughs> that one time because he lost the bet. Uh, I think he's, I think he. I think Criswell wants to be an Arkansas Razorback. I don't think he's ever been really shy about that, but the previous staff – they offered him, yeah, but they also had a guy named Chandler Morris committed, uh, the son of the head coach. So I think I think he ends up at Arkansas uh, just because he, he loves the state, he loves the Razorbacks, and has always wanted to play for the Razorbacks. One last in-state guy that's going to be very interesting to watch is Conway offensive lineman Robert Scott, who has been committed to Ole Miss for a long time, so he was committed to Matt Luke. Lane Kiffin went to see him pretty much the second day that he could um, down in Conway and it was right after Coach Pittman and Coach Davis went to see him so it's going to be interesting to see if maybe they can sway him I know he really liked Ole Miss he kind of wanted to get out of the state but Arkansas wasn't recruiting him that hard at the time so if that's different now maybe he could get a flip you guys have been pretty tough to keep up with. There's some that never answer me and some that will answer me in two seconds. So it's it's tough, but there's like 16 names. You can go check those all out on Hogbeat. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Arkansas basketball. Well, the last game, Arkansas lost 86 to... 79 on the road at Western Kentucky. That was a big bummer because obviously Arkansas lost last year in overtime and they lost in football this year. That was the the straw that broke the camel's back on Chad Morris. And unfortunately, this happened after Lane Kiffin was hired at Ole Miss and all the hopes and dreams of Arkansas fans were crushed. So not a great loss for Arkansas, and it looks like Western Kentucky won't have that great of a season after all because Charles Bassey, like, broke his knee or something. That's not the technical term, but uh, he got hurt right before overtime started and wasn't able to finish the game. Arkansas got killed in the paint. Their shooting was only 42%, so it was okay, but, like, not enough. They gave up way too many points. 49, 46 points in the paint. Not too badly out-rebounded either, so it was just poorly mismanaged in the second half. I know that you have your own opinions of what of what Eric Musselman should have done. Call a freaking timeout. I mean, I get it. I understand why he doesn't like to call timeouts. I'm not saying you have to call a bunch of timeouts. But, for example, overtime, Mason Jones, arguably your best player, has 
is way in the backcourt, shoe off, and he critical possession, late game, overtime. You call a timeout, you know, get something set up. Let them get a shoe on, let them get situated, and instead they throw the ball out of bounds, and that pretty much seals the deal. So I, I think he should have called a timeout. I'm also a little bit critical of Mason Jones at the, the final possession of regulation. Uh, he had the ball, and he settled for a, a heave, long three-pointer. Mm-hmm. looked like he got fouled, but in a late-game situation, you can't count on that. Drive to the basket. Draw contact that way. Much more likely to get called. A uh, much higher percentage shot. Yeah, you're going to make one every now and then like you did at Georgia Tech, but you can't count on that. So Especially when you're shooting free throws at like 90-something percent. Drive to the basket, get contact, get to the free throw line, and win the game at the free throw line. Eric Musselman didn't get many questions. It was maybe like a two-minute press conference after that game. Um, I wish we had talked to him earlier in the week. I just feel like so much time has passed. We're we're all kind of moved on from that game. But Arkansas has another one coming up on Saturday against uh, Tulsa. Tulsa's 8-2. and two. I don't know if they have another game coming up this week before Arkansas. They do not. Uh, they're coming off a win against Boise State. I believe that was last night on yes, Wednesday. Yes, you're correct. 69-56. Uh, haven't beaten anyone particularly impressive, but they did beat Vanderbilt. <laughs> they beat an SEC team. Yeah, so it wouldn't be unthinkable, uh, but it is in Bud Walton. That would be pretty tragic for Eric Musselman to lose another one and in Bud Walton. So and I, I believe it's uh, Frank Haith, uh, the former Missouri head coach, coming back and you know, Frank Haith's teams have, I think, you know, if I remember correctly, have given Arkansas fits in the past. So we'll see. But it is a game Arkansas should win, and they really need to win to get back on track. We'll be talking to Eric Musselman later today. But uh, Arkansas's defense is still very, very good. Giving up that many points, it's very rare for them. So I expect them to be able to keep it up. It just seemed like Western Kentucky kind of had their number, and then at the end – Arkansas just couldn't execute well enough to win the game, and they didn't deserve to win. Um, it looks like they've had a pretty good bounce-back week based on what they've posted on social media. I like that they do that so that even when we don't have much to talk about during the week, with I think they have three weeks with just one game every week, so you kind of exhaust the storylines after a couple days. But um, one guy is just so funny to me, Mason Jones. He'll tweet like the most emotional kind of high school stuff. It's like, you're going to have all these haters, you just have to keep pushing on. I'm like, well, if that's what it takes, Mason, if that's what you need to score 18 points a game, all right, I will take it. That's just college kids. College, that's why I think people look and try to read way too much into tweets. I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, got a disagreement with his girlfriend. Who knows? <laughs> it it may not even be about in. sports. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> well, anyways, Arkansas is still in a very good spot. They're still top 35 in Ken Palm. They didn't get any votes in the AP Top 25 this week, but I think it's kind of deserving after the way that they lost that game, unfortunately. But lots of opportunity to bounce back. They're in training camp mode right now to kind of get their issues fixed up, and I'm sure that they will. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the pod, you can get 25% off to hogbeat.com right now, and we will send you all your money back that you pay. The $75, we'll send it right back to you so that you can spend it on Nike gear. Uh, that's hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, and the promo code is 
Nike. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.